Quantum Conversations, your portal to the inner realms. Access infinite possibilities, infinite mastery, and infinite love. Mind-expanding, heart-opening conversations with some of the greatest spiritual teachers, luminaries, and healers of today's world. Usher in new earth by living in your sacred heart. Quantum Conversations is brought to you by AcousticHealth.com, home of music from the universe, online healing retreats, and this program. Claim your free registration to daily shows at AcousticHealth.com. AcousticHealth.com, your portal to the inner realms. Our program starts shortly. Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. And thank you for joining us in this Quantum Conversation. This is your safe place. This is your place to expand consciousness and be in the company of like-hearted people. And this is where we have a reprieve from the outer world as we truly come within. And this show is dedicated to your own connection within and your connection to your higher self. And so in this episode, I am very pleased to bring back Matthew John, who is a spiritual teacher and a star seed, as well as an intuitive healer. And he's going to tune us in and tap us in to the real truth of our mission here on this planet. And it's always fun to talk with Matthew as we work through the issues that we need to release ourselves from. So on this beautiful show today, let's welcome back Matthew John. Hi, Matthew. Welcome. Hi, Lorenz. Thanks for having me back. Thank you so much. Beautiful. Well, we have gone through some months since we've last met and been here. Yeah. And um, we were chatting about this new year that we're in. And you know what? It doesn't matter when people are listening to this because mm-hmm. it's always going to be new and the energy is always going to be getting um, more precious as the light that mm-hmm. it gives us. And so this process of continuing to clear and, um, you know, get rid of karma and all of that is really our mission. And so there's fast ways that we can move through that. So let's talk a little bit about this new year so far. How has that been for you? Yeah, yeah. You know, for me, um, you know, obviously the eclipse season was uh, felt really potent, as it always does, you know. Sometimes we forget um, 
that every eclipse season is usually pretty potent because, uh, you know, we're, we're having a lot of those upgrades go on. And so for me, it's, you know, it's been a, a process of a lot of internal kind of reconfiguration. And I know you mentioned that it has been for you as well. And I think for a lot of people, you know, whether, whether it's anything special that's going on um, for this year, I don't know. Uh, what I do know is that um, the energy keeps getting ramped up as the time goes on. You know, if we think about like 2012 being kind of that official, you know, entry port into uh, the age of Aquarius, right? The end of the Mayan calendar. So it's like every year since then, yeah, it does keep getting ramped up and every decade mm. after that is going to, like this decade is going to be a weird one for sure. Like we already got this weird coronavirus thing going on and it won't be the only weird thing that's going on this decade on a planetary scale for sure. It's just the start, but on an individual scale too, it's like for those of us, you know, that our souls have, have chosen this ascension path and there's no turning back once you're, soul chooses it then yeah it's it's gonna every year it just keeps getting ramped up it doesn't mean things get worse it just means that uh you your responsibility gets greater because you can no longer i think the biggest thing to know about this year which i talked about in my 2020 preview on uh, on your network here uh is with all the capricorn energy you know with so many planets in capricorn this year we're, we're being we're being you know put right up face-to-face with our biggest challenges, especially on a, on a really grounded level, like relationships and like finances, right. And health, you know, physical health, which is what the coronavirus is about. Right. So it's like, we won't be able to ignore this stuff this year. And it's, it's good. It's a good thing because it's, it's kind of forcing us to, to change our, the patterns that don't serve us any longer. So the next, we can set ourselves up for the rest of the decade to be in a, a much better position energetically where we can serve the collective than we were, you know, five, 10 years ago. Right. And, and it'll keep ha- you know, this, this 2020 is, is, you know, by the, by 2029, um, things are going to look pretty different on the planet, but not that I don't think extraordinarily different. I think relatively different. Um, but for so many light workers that have chosen the path, like everyone on this call and everyone who's going to be joining the party over the next few years, like this can be a huge decade of growth. And I think it's going to be a, a, a much bigger decade of growth for most people than last decade. So that's just what I'm feeling about. Okay. That is wonderful. We always love to hear your take on it. And it's important to, again, this is why we're always talking about going within and being very centered and connecting to the higher self because that is the key. And fear, if we look at anything that may be fearful in our life and we ask for the higher self's um, input, we get something. What do you recommend? How do you recommend people listen to the higher self when we do something like that? Uh, so meaning, uh, just to clarify your question, a to remove to, fear uh, in the face of all fear, to move out of fear. Yeah. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. well, the, the, the number one thing is to, so, you know, fear, 
uh, fear um, implies that there's a lack of safety, right? Mm -hmm. Every, every being on the planet wishes to be safe. You know, mm -hmm. this is why, you know, if you, if you lock an animal in a cage, the animal's going to go nuts because the animal doesn't feel safe, right? So every being on this planet, you know, longs to be safe. Even plants desire to be safe. That's why yes. they grow in a specific environment. That's why they grow towards the sun, et cetera. So every, so fear implies lack of safety. So in order to overcome fear, it's, it's a matter of whatever you can do to make yourself feel safe. Now that, that would seem to be con in some senses contradictory because you know, the rhetoric is you want to move through fear and, and you do like there are times when you need to move through something that is causing you fear in order to finally get past it. But in the process of moving through it, what you're doing is proving to yourself that you're safe just by moving through, you know, it's like you're presented with an opportunity in front of you and you're kind of feeling fearful about it. So as soon as you say, you know what, screw it, let's do it. And you do it and you feel fine then you feel this massive relief because you've reestablished safety. So that's what's going on on an, on an internal level. So whenever that fear comes up, whatever exercise you do that make you feel safe, and the number one thing would be the breath. You know, the number one thing would be to, to breathe. <laughs> you know, to just sit and breathe or take a walk in nature, you know, hug your animals, hug someone else. Even, like, whatever, whatever, we, we want to... Um, be upping the vibrational quality of our coping mechanisms it's not really realistic to say for most people to say like oh you should never feel fear right now you, you've come long enough on, on the journey no for most people that's not realistic it's not even realistic for me you know it might not even be realistic for you like it's just not realistic what is realistic is upping the quality of our coping mechanisms so you know, rather than let's say one person's coping mechanism tends to be like a glass of wine. Well, maybe there's something that's a little higher vibration than that, right? Maybe it's meditation, you know, maybe it's going for a walk in the woods, right? Maybe it's, it's humming or a mantra or something like that. You know, maybe it's, uh, it's what, you know, like lighting a candle, taking a bath, you know, an Epsom salt bath like whatever it is and and ultimately the the real, the way to transmute fear is to feel it is to just feel it so it's like once once you feel safe enough you have to feel safe enough to feel something so mo most people what they're doing for their entire lives when they feel fear they're running from it to a coping mechanism and that's that's okay because that's where they're at then when you realize that the fear you're feeling can't actually hurt you. If there's not actually a tiger chasing you, right, to use that a euphemism, then there's nothing out there that can actually harm you. You are actually safe. And if you are actually safe, then it be, you can tell yourself, this is an exercise, that it is safe to feel that fear within. And you just literally close your eyes and breathe with it and feel it. And you realize it can't hurt you and it will transmute. It will transmute. And then you'll eat. I mean, geez, we're today we're talking about like how to pass your soul lessons and ascend. And like, this is one of the biggest lessons is you moving from fear to love. So whatever it is, and everyone's got different fear triggers. A lot of them are, are psychological. A lot of them are caused by PTSD. Some of them are karmic. Some of them are physical. Okay. You know, brain issues, which I know all about because uh, from my own history. 
Um, it, it it depends, but the solution is always eventually to move through it by realizing you're not afraid of the fear. That might be, you know, in this field, and that might be too big of a jump for most people. So, so that's why I say, first, just enhance the quality of your coping mechanisms. So instead of running to something like TV or alcohol or some other substance or something, something that's not really healthy for you long term, which most people have those vices, because that makes them feel safe or makes them feel comforted or loved or grounded or whatever, right, or an escape from, you know, the mundane existence, you know, up that to meditation or listening to a high vibrational broadcast or listening to high vibrational music or binaural beats or there's a million different options out there, you know. So hope that answers the question. Mm-hmm. Well, Matthew John is going to be here taking a few callers and assisting you in releasing from some of these lessons. But we're here to talk about Earth lessons and the game mm-hmm. of uh, the game of Earth, actually. So the game of let's, Earth, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about that because when we yeah. understand it, it really does simplify it, and it it's not always it easy. Does. But it, it just does. helps, yes. So if if you were like, if you were to have like a guidebook to Earth, like to to this thing called life, you know, wouldn't it make it a lot easier? And basically, that's what my intention is today: is to give you a guidebook as best I can, as best as what has come through me, downloaded through me. And I may not be a hundred percent right here; I may be totally off, but I think I got some here. So I want you to listen in because it's going to be really good. Um, it is, this is what the intention is. So by the end of this, I hope that, you know, you feel just more like you got an understanding of what the heck you're doing here. Okay. Because mm-hmm. this is really the biggest question that every human being has. Why am I even here? What is mm-hmm. the point of all this? Right. Am I here just to pay off my debts and then die? Or is there something more? Of course there is something more. And there's even something very important happening in someone who does believe they're here to just make money and survive. So let's go over all that. So what I'm going to do is present um, a whole bunch of universal laws. Well, I'll call them earth laws, earth laws uh, and lessons that everyone has to go through. Okay. Everyone has to master to a certain extent along their ascent, their individual ascension journeys. And I'm going to go over each one of them. And hopefully we'll get through all of them because there's a lot. I'll try my best. And then I'm going to talk about also how to know your specific soul lessons because everyone has a, a different, different set of circumstances are given. It's based on your karma, which we talked a lot about last show. And we're going to talk a little bit about karma this show too just to, to give people a little uh, sense of it. Um, but we're, we'll talk about how do you know your specific lessons as well, uh, in addition to kind of the overall earth lessons. So lesson or earth law number one, you are created from a soul that is also on a spiritual journey. Ultimately, you are doing the bidding of the soul, which is also you. So you are a soul, yet you're also a, a human. You're also a person, right? And for, think about this, you know, think about for, for most people who are not on the ascension journey, they don't really have that realization yet that they're a soul. 
they may have the, they may, you know, for people who are Christian or Jewish or whatever, Muslim or whatever, they may, may have a belief in a higher power, but they may not necessarily, they may even have the belief in a soul, but they may not understand what that means, right? So I'm here to give you a better sense of what it means. You have, you are created from the soul. The soul is on its own spiritual journey, okay? The soul is the aspect of you that it's almost like the soul is playing the, the game, The Sims, and the soul creates you, you know, the color of your skin, how your hair is going to look, whether you're five foot zero or seven feet tall, you know, 80 pounds or 500 pounds. The soul is going to create what you look like based on your genetics, right? The soul is going to create then who your family is, right? Who you're born to. Everyone needs to be born to a biological mother and father, even if one of them isn't in the picture in the case of like, you know, sperm donation or something like that. But even in that case, there still is a biological father. And that, of course, uh, determines the genetic line that you incarnate into. And we do not incarnate into the same genetic line in each incarnation. We, every incarnation is a different genetic line. And what we're doing is we're taking on that genetic line. And the genetic line that we're taking on is very much associated with the types of, the type of karma that we bring in from our past lives in other genetic lines, right? And also based on this, the lessons that our soul has said in this incarnation, we're going to work on these particular lessons, right? So just briefly, how does the soul plan out its incarnations? Well, you've been here for, for the vast majority of you listening. You've been here a bunch of times on this planet. From my experience, and I'm still trying to figure this stuff out, and I might be still trying to figure it out 50 years from now, but in my experience, there are a few people, a few types of starseeds that this may be their first rodeo on Earth. But for the most, for most of us, no, we have had past lives here on Earth. For someone who it is their first rodeo on Earth, it's a bit of a different setup. But I'm just, for, for generally, for most people who have had past lives on Earth, that those, during those past lives, you're accumulating karma. What does karma mean? Karma basically means action. So whenever, and every action, every, even every thought and every word accumulates some sort of karma. Karma, how we usually discuss it, it would be negative karma, meaning that this is the stuff, it's the baggage that you take with you. It's the baggage that you take with you into this life because something happened in a past lifetime, either to you or by you, that was painful in some way. That was painful in some way. So, for example, you know, someone someone violently abused someone in another lifetime or was violently abused, right? Or someone was very manipulative and greedy, you know, or, or then maybe, and what what will happen is generally the soul will set it up so it gets to experience both sides. So in one lifetime, you know, a, a character you were playing might have been manipulated by some guy that was stealing your money, you know, like writing your fake checks and stealing your money or whatever, maybe in a lifetime before that, you were the one robbing people, right? Maybe your character was robbing people. And so the soul wants to experience both sides. So the soul really gets to feel what it feels like on both sides of everything, you know, and kind of one of the more common threads is that 
is the paradigm of abuse, you know, the, the paradigm of victimization and abuse. And every one of us who has had these past lives on earth, we've been in, we've played characters who have abused others and we've played characters who have been abused by others, right? The, the soul will want to, throughout different incarnations, experience different sorts of health issues, losing a leg in one lifetime, you know, losing an arm in another, dying of, of uh, you know, leprosy in another. There's, the soul wants to experience a lot because the soul comes here to play the game of Earth, right? And the soul knows that this is a game, but in order to move through the game, it has to experience the third dimension to, to its fullest, right? So the soul is going to want to experience a lot of different things, a lot of different sides of the third dimension. And through these experiences, we'll be accumulating karma. Because not only through things that are already planned in the life plan, but also through the free will of a being. You know, for example, um, you know, it's kind of a dark um, example, but, you know, let's say in a past life, you played a character that committed suicide, Right. Well, suicide is, a, is, a, is an extremely violent act. It's, it's the most violent act possible it, it, because it's, 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 it's trying to, like, abort God, basically. You know, it's trying to abort existence. It's a very violent act and very damaging to the soul, and then the soul will have to recover from that through certain lessons in future lifetimes. And a lot of us, like, if that rings true for you, a lot of us have had suicides in, in other lifetimes, and some of us then in this lifetime, we may experience, like I have, losing someone in our life to a suicide. And it can be very traumatic. And we it may be part of our life plan to do what we can to help others to make sure that we're preventing that. Because we know from experience on some level how damaging it is to the soul, right, to do that. So there's many different ways that we can accumulate karma. The soul tends to plan out the family that you're born into based on the interpersonal karma. So everyone that is in your family that you think of the people who you've had, like, the most tumultuous relationships with, like the most troublesome relationships, uh, the most uh, frustrating relationships, or even the people that have been most supportive, right? Could be your current partner, could be, you know, parents, could be children, all that, like, these are generally the people, their souls are in your soul group of 12, which is part of the oversoul, or in the monadic group of 144 souls. And so these are all beings that you know very, very well up in the astral plane, because ultimately you're all part of one being. The monad is one higher being, right? There's levels. There's all sorts of levels to this game, right? So because of that, you, your souls have an affinity towards one another and will will happily plan out even the most traumatic circumstances that are going to happen on earth from a place of love and joy, because knowing that it's, it's fulfilling what each soul wants to learn. So it's like, you, you know, you think of like you and uh, 11 other souls are sitting around the table, each with a laptop in front of you. And you have this game, the Sims, you know, in front of you, for those of you who never played it, basically it's a game where you get to create a character and you get to live life, like you get to live life through the being that you create. So all 12 of you are sitting around with this lab, you know, with your laptops, with this game, and you're creating the characters and you're saying, hey, you, you know, let's dis discuss what your karma is and what happened between us in a past lifetime. So what do we want to do here? Do we want to do the opposite situation or do we want to have the same situation repeat? What will give you the best chance to 
go through the lessons that you want to go through and what will give me the best chance to go through the lessons that I want to go through. For example, let's say in a past lifetime, you and your, uh, let's say you and your current sister, right? Let's say you and your current sister were a, um, were, were father-daughter, okay, in, in the most previous lifetime. And the, the father left, you know, the father had multiple families and was never there, right? So there, so how do you, your soul and that soul want to, want to help each other to work out that karma? Well, one way is for one of you to abandon the other in this lifetime. And maybe one says, you know what? I think it would work with everything else. I'm going to leave the planet early from some sort of bizarre accident or disease at, at age, you know, 30 something, really young, right? And that will give you the opportunity to feel the wound that I felt from your soul's character in that past lifetime. Or maybe you say, you know what? Let's do it again, but in a different way. And this way, it will give us both the opportunity to hopefully come to a sense of, to, to a space of reconciliation, you know, of n no longer feeling triggered by when one doesn't listen to one another and will really become the best of friends. And then that karma gets cleared. So everything is really planned out incredibly in intricately before birth, up in the astral plane, okay, before you come here. So that's, uh, that's kind of the first law. The second law would be the law of karma, as I said, right? Karma is action, and there's different levels of karma. There's the individual karma that is based on what you accumulate as a soul in previous lifetimes. There's karma between souls, as I mentioned. There's ancestral karma, which is karma that you inherit on a genetic level, so you're not, it's not that you directly experienced it. It's that it was experienced by others in your genetic line, as in your, your parents, their parents, their parents' parents, and et cetera. And there's still some sort of remnant of that in the cells of your body. And then there's collective karma, which can be karmas from a, a, uh, a genetic group, an ethnic group, for example, you know, Native Americans in the United States who, you know, were victims of genocide. So there's a collective remembrance in the cells of, of their bodies of what happened. Even, even though, you know, they're generally safe today, they may not be in the best situations. But the, the fact that, you know, a lot of Native Americans, unfortunately, still go through, they have a higher incidence of, of, of drug abuse and violence and alcoholism. And part of that may be due to that collective karma that they're feeling from the ethnic group. So there's many different types of karma, okay? And also uh, there's the collective karma of the planet, meaning collectively as an earth, you know, we have been in this artificial frequency, this artificial um, matrix that has been created by the dark extraterrestrial beings that have been basically owning this planet for the past, at least, I mean, geez, it varies, you know, how long that's been, but at the very least, uh, since the age of the, the end of the last age of Leo. But I believe it goes way, way back. And there's a lot of argument about that. But regardless, we do know, we all, most of us know that, yes, there are dark extraterrestrial beings that are in charge of keeping the planet from ascending because they're harvesting everyone's energy, right? And, and like Loren talked about, they're harvesting the fear energy, right? So that's why one of the most important lessons is that we move from fear to love in all ways. And I'll talk about that a little bit more, 
right? So because of that, we are caught, not caught, we all carry this collective wound that is in the solar plexus chakra, right? Because as a human race, we were genetically altered by the dark extraterrestrials and the frequencies of the planet have been over time consistently altered in order to keep us in a false matrix, right? So those are different types of karma. Um, and, Loren, I'll let you uh, jump in if you want to, and then I'll, I'll go on to uh, some of the other laws that were downloaded through me. Oh, thank you. It's it's perfect. I want to keep you on your roll. Um, I just love <laughs> that. Um, it's just a great thing to remember, moving from fear to love. Really a key mm-hmm, right there. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the law of consequences. All actions have consequences. All actions have consequences. So although this is a game, it is a game with consequences, okay? There's no free, there's no, um, you know, community chess card, you know, get out of jail free in this, right? Everything has consequences. So learning to live with the consequences, and there's a very, because every single person on this call has done something they regret. Everyone, including me. I mean, geez, I can, I can write an essay on it. Right. But the the alchemy of it is that once it happens, it can't be undone. It happens. That's one of the laws of Earth. When something happens and, and we can talk, you know, someone can say, hey, Matthew, but what about Mandela effect? Well, I don't know. This is why I'm, I'm not saying this is gospel. I'm saying this. Is, I'm doing the best I can here. The Mandela effect uh, would would may have to do with the shifting of timelines, right? Which would go towards the argument that, yes, the past can be altered. And, of course, the past can always be altered based on our perception of it. And this is where the law of consequences actually does fit into this. So I just figured this out, right? Because something happened, the way that we can undo it or heal from it is always through the lens of the present moment, right? So you do something that you later regret, you can either, you know, hate yourself for it for 20 years and then end up with cancer because of that self-hatred, right? Or you can say, you know what, that was exactly what was meant to happen because that was exactly the consciousness that I was at in that moment. So everything worked out perfectly. And I understand where I was at in that moment. And I understand where other people were at. And I give myself the permission to be that in that moment. And I also give myself permission to be in this moment at a place of higher wisdom, knowing that if the same thing came around again, I probably would do differently. And even if I didn't, I would still forgive myself because what's most important is my relationship with myself. So that's, that's the law of consequences. Everything does have a consequence, yet it can always be healed through the lens of the present moment. It doesn't necessarily mean the circumstances that are a result of that action may change, but the feelings in your body can change. How you relate to it can change whether it holds you back from moving forward or you're able to move forward in spite of it or even because of it right because that happens a lot sometimes we screw something up and we become so grateful in the end that we screwed something up because you know what it gave us the opportunity to do something we would not have been able to do you know we said you know what we 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 you know just out of nowhere, quit some job that was really good, right? And, 
And then, oh, my God, regretted it for years. Then you realize, you look back and say, you know what? Look where I am because I made that stupid decision. Maybe it wasn't so stupid after all. Maybe everything worked out, right? Law that everything is meant to be as it is. God doesn't make mistakes. There are no mistakes from the perspective of the supreme being, God, multiverse, source, all that is, creator, however you want to connotate that. And there is no wrong answer to what you call that, okay? Everything is meant to be as is. There are no mistakes. Nothing can happen without the permission of God. You cannot possibly do something in this reality that God would disapprove of. Because if it happened, it was meant to happen, yet you also have the free will to choose what you want to do. And like everything in the spiritual journey, it is a paradox. You have free will, and yet everything was meant to happen. And the way to work this out in your mind, it seems like oil and water, but it really isn't. Because you have to, we have to remember everything happen, is happening on a quantum level, and that time really is an illusion. So whatever happens was meant to happen anyways, but in the moment you feel like you have free will. And you do have free will. But then as soon as it's written, as soon as it's written, it happened. And it was meant to happen. And then, of course, we could talk about the Mandela effect and shifting timelines. And maybe that's when we get into parallel lifetimes, right? Things happening in parallel realities. And that's when the shifting happens and the past gets rewritten. But let's try to keep this as simple as possible. <laughs> I'm going to have people feel like they're, they just smoke something uh, if I'm not careful. Okay. Many rabbit holes to go down there. How are you doing, Yes, Mark? yes. <laughs> the, the past, um, I was just talking about that today, the parallel realities, and it really is real. Um, but that's another show with you, and that would be cool. Yeah. Anyhow. I, I think that, that's going to be next show, but I'm going to have to figure it out first. I'm still yeah. really clear on it myself. But that's the fun part, trying to figure all this out. Okay. Um, law that everything is energy. There's an underlying spiritual game to everything. So this is a spiritual game, as I said. And everything is energy. Your, your physical body's energy. The mug with your key in it is energy. What's going on in politics right now is an energy. The coronavirus is an energy, regardless of whether it was created in a lab or whether it really came from bats, whatever. I don't know which is which. It doesn't matter because it's all energy anyway. It's all energy, right? Everything is energy. That's a law, okay? And, and if everything is energy, and this is a spiritual game, that means perhaps we have greater power than we sometimes give ourselves credit for, for manipulating reality. This is why spells work. This is why white and black magic is very real, and it works, okay? This is why you can go on YouTube, okay, and look up an African shaman floating, over a fire not joking at all it's on youtube this is why you can go on youtube and look up uh, a yogi or I'm, i forget what they're called but in in the himalayan mountains i saw this last week they said it was minus 45 degrees celsius which is like minus 50 fahrenheit right just cold it's i've never experienced any, the only place you can go in the u.s to experience that is like fairbanks alaska right and I, I, I never, I never, I don't know about you, Laura. I've never experienced anything like that. Anyways, this guy was naked, just wearing like a cloth over his junk, and uh, he was outside walking with his dog, meditating. And then when he saw the the army officer with the uh, uh, Nepali um, army officer with his camera, 
you know, he, he went and greeted him. And then to be funny, he rolled head over heels, head over heels down uh, the mountain. This is a real human being here who has obviously transcended a lot of things uh, and is really operating from a level of magic. So remembering that everything is energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And just for remembering everything is energy and that's, you know, miracles can happen. And we really do have more power than we sometimes remember, you know, to influence our reality. So that's an important um rule of earth to remember okay um law that this is a game as i always as i already mentioned there is an underlying spiritual game going on here the big i mean the overarching spiritual game for earth is uh, it's it's couple couple fold one is that it's a it's a lab for experimentation the earth really is a laboratory for experimentation which is um I I think of uh I sometimes I as you know I reference like dumb TV shows in my uh in my talks and uh I'm a big South Park fan and uh there's a show like they did like 20 years ago about where uh the boys uh you know get get abducted by aliens and uh they find out that the entire earth is just a TV show it's a reality TV show and they see the the uh the the trailer for it and it's like what if we took you know 20, 800 different species from eight, uh, 80 different galaxies and put them all together in one planet, this is what you get. And they show, like, you know, wars and all sorts of crazy dictators and all this stuff. And there really is truth to that because if we're looking at, you know, the the kind of genetic history on the planet, you know, we find that extraterrestrial history from many different places, from Lyra, you know, from uh, the Pleiades, you know, right, from from Sirius perhaps, right, from other places as well. And, uh, and also, you know, of course, that reptilian manipulation, you know, that occurred. Um, so there, there is such a, a diverse genetic history and, and really this, there's something bigger going on where a lot of different, uh, extraterrestrial races have been watching what's going on on Earth. So that's the number one thing. Yes, this is kind of a laboratory here. This is the third dimensional laboratory. And, and not only that, I mean, we think about the inner Earth beings, you know, uh, in Shambhala, you know, uh, we think about, uh, like uh, the dwarfs and the trolls that do live on this, this planet. And we think about, uh, you know, the giants, you know, that, that have been seen. You know, the U.S. Army captured a, like a 13-foot uh, a giant in Afghanistan, you know, a couple of years ago, right? And, uh, and we think about, of course, the reptilian beings here on this planet. Perhaps, you know, Pleiadian beings are walking here amongst us, right? Thinking about uh, all the different animal, I mean, this has to be, and I don't know, but I mean, you'd think this is probably the most diverse planet in the galaxy, right? Within just the sheer number, science is always discovering brand new species of, of, of animals and plants. It's incredible, right? The diversity on this planet. So that's part of, part of the archetype of this Earth game is being an experimental laboratory. Uh, the other aspect of it that's really important to understand is it is a game of light versus dark. It, it really is. You know, this being, this planet has been under, under the spell, under a, a black magic spell and a very violent one at that of dark extraterrestrial beings for, for many, many years now. And yet there's also the light extraterrestrials like the Pleiadians and the Syrians and the Arturians and the Blue Avians and the Lyrans and all sorts of other beings out there in our galaxy and even 
beings from other galaxies, especially the Andromedan galaxy, there's a lot of beings from the Andromedan galaxy that are interacting with Earth, both, you know, etherically and perhaps even physically, right? So there's all those beings that are now helping the planet to ascend because part of the game is, well, what happens if we allow negative polarity, you know, the, the dark extraterrestrials, complete access to do whatever the hell they want here, to just take over the planet, will the light win? And that was a big, that was the big question about this laboratory of Earth. And we're seeing that play out now. And of course, the answer is, yeah, yeah, light will win with assistance. But the assistance is happening because we're also, we're, we're doing our part. If we weren't doing our part, we wouldn't be able to energetically call in the assistance. That's my belief, at least. I could be wrong on that. That's my belief is because we're awakening so quickly as a collective, that's why we are calling in the extraterrestrial assistance of the light beings out there, right, to assist the planet in, yes, achieving this ascension process. That was the big question mark in the creation game of Earth. So, yes, Earth is a laboratory. It's an experimental laboratory. It's also a game of light for a start. Um, you are a co-creator. You have the power to take different roads in your life in your life plan based on your spiritual development. So this is now getting back towards to some of the laws that are more individual in nature. Okay. So the life plan is not exact. So um, what the life plan is more like a, a choose your own adventure novel. So raise your hand out there. If you, uh, especially if you grew up in, in the nineties, like me, you know, I was born in the eighties. I grew up in the nineties, best era music in the U S in my opinion. Anyway, and you ever read, like, Goosebumps by R.L. Stein? So I used to love those when I was a kid. I was a little nerd, and I used to love reading those Goosebumps books. And they had these choose-your-own-adventure choose Goosebumps books. And it really occurred to me the other day, to use this as, a, as a, a metaphor, is that's what the life plan is like. So the soul writes out all sorts of different possibilities, but this, then the being, the person that you play, which is you and me, you know, I'm the person, you're the person, you get to choose how, which, which paths that were already written out for you, you go on, okay? So how quickly you do pass these soul lessons and navigate your life lessons, that will largely determine what kind of specifically happens in your life. And if, let's say, there's a wake-up call that's uh, programmed in. Let's say if, if you are not really getting the point, you're not really getting the memo, you know. Did you get that memo? You know, office space reference. If you're not getting the memo and you uh, need a little wake-up call, there will be a wake-up call that's there ready, but you might not need it. If you do get the memo and you do start putting the new cover sheets on your TPS reports, then <laughs> most of you won't get that reference. But, yes, if you do – do your spiritual work. No, I did. You... That's from Office Space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If you could just go ahead and do that next time, that would be great. That's why people leave the corporate um, world. Yes. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so if you do get the memo, um, and then you might not need that wake-up call. You might not need that illness or accident or breakup or whatever it is. And sometimes wake-up calls aren't, don't, they don't have to be big things. Sometimes they can be like, literally like, hey, you know, look at this video here. It's got some info for you. Or like, it can be something like, I don't know, breaking a toe. It doesn't have to be like, oh my God, car accident, you, you're paralyzed. No, no, it doesn't have to be. 
it really depends. You know, your soul knows you best, and your soul knows what you need to wake you up. And the angels, your spirit guides, are there to assist that. And and it's my belief, and I don't know if I have any concrete proof of this, but it's my belief that the spirit guides will be there to make sure that what was written kind of happens. For example, we asked the question, why do some people get in a car wreck and it seems like they should be dead and they come out walking unscathed? Did they have a stronger belief in mind? Did they have a stronger desire to live? Maybe. But what I think is really going on is this, is the soul knows that this exit point here was not meant to happen. So the, the, the spirit guides say, you know what? Okay, let's help here. And they come in and they, they manipulate the accident so that the person is okay. Whereas why do other people get in a car accident and they leave the planet? Because it's my belief that that's what the soul had written in as the exit point. So that's, that's my belief is that the spirit guides, they will intervene in something major, something major that would really kind of negatively affect what the soul had planned out to happen. But other than that, they're not delving in and manipulating day-to-day life things. They're not coming in and changing the little things. They may be there to change the big things. I really think that this happened to me when I was uh, driving on the thruway in February, going way too fast because I was way too overconfident with uh, my Mercury Safel, which was from Florida. And I'm driving up here in western New York, right, in a snowstorm. Uh, it was going too fast. I started spinning out on the throughway, and, and I swear there were cars that were about that were right in my lane and were going to hit me, and they just disappeared. They vanished. Um, and I, I really – that's what kind of gave me that theory on that is that something happened where the cars were moved or I entered into some weird portal for a split second or something because nothing happened. I was able to – been right back on to going straight and on my merry way. I don't know. I don't know. Just theories. Um, and Lorraine, I'd love to hear your input. Uh, um, I, I've had friends that that has happened to, and it's amazing. Um, it was definitely the energetics, or it could be guides, even sylphs, or and you know, there's like Mas Sajati. He's got uh, angelic intervention. So I think that was definitely intervention, or who knows, maybe you did a little time warp travel there. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and a lot of this, you know, is mystery, and we're just doing the best we can to try to figure all this out, you know. But uh, we, we don't really mm-hmm. know in a lot of ways. Um, okay, so next law. The law that whatever you push away gets larger or stays. Because that has to do with the fundamental law of love and the fundamental law of energy, okay? Whatever you focus your attention on grows larger, okay? Whatever you focus your attention on grows larger. When you retract your attention from it, it does not grow or it shrinks, okay? So whatever in your life that bothers you most, most people focus all their attention on it because, well, you can't ignore it right? It it sucks. You want it to be gone, you know? But what happens is energetically, that's only 
It's allowing it to stay. It's allowing it to stay. So for for a lot of these situations, what the change in focus may need to be is on just creating, creating something new, creating something new. So instead of instead of trying to push away or fix what's there, just creating something new because then your attention is not on that thing, right? This also goes into the law of judgment, the law that whatever you judge points to something within. Now, I just want to clarify, there is, there has been over time a theory out there that whatever you see in other people is also happening in you, and that's just completely false. No. What is happening, though, is that what you're judging about other people there's something there. There is some sort of thing within you that is yet to be completely alchemized or you've yet to feel completely comfortable with or you've yet to feel completely uh, just just at peace with, like that it's there even, you know. There are parts of ourselves, and even for me and, and everyone on this journey, you know, there's there's still something. For most of us, there's still something, a couple things there that you haven't, totally come to peace with when it comes up you cringe you want it to go away you want it to go away and you know this is what the the law that whatever you push away gets larger is about the law that everything is divine and there are no exceptions everything is divine and there are no exceptions this very much has to do with the last law so there is no um the think of the most horrible person you could ever think of in the world, you know, maybe Hitler, uh, Mussolini, you know, maybe uh, Kim, you know, Kim Il-jung, did I say his name, whatever his name is, the North Korean dictator, um, Kim Jong-il, whoever you can think of as the worst person in the world. Think of the coronavirus. Think of some horrible thing that everyone wants gone, right? Cancer, you know, cancer is no less divine than a child singing or laughing. There, everything is divine. Everything is allowed to be. And when we don't want something to be allowed to be, it will go, grow larger or stay. Everything is allowed to be. If you can come just for a one second into the realization that everything is divine and everything is allowed to be, you will experience a moment of peace. Nothing is wrong. Everything is meant to be. Everything is allowed to be. Then, then we have the power to really take our mojo back as co-creators and shift the planet through love. And this has to do with the law of fear into love. Whatever we fear, we can't change it through fear. We can change it through love. We can shift it through love, right? So whatever, whatever we fear, we can transmute through love and presence, okay? And on the planet, whatever fears are out there in the collective, we can help serve the planet by giving out more love, more love. The answer is always more love, okay? The law that you are both one and separate at the same time. We are all part of the collective. Whatever we do affects everyone else on an energetic level. Everyone. All 7.5 billion people. Okay? Maybe not directly, but indirectly through the field. 
the field, as Donnie Epstein likes to call it, the field, right? The field of consciousness, right? So everything is one, yet we are also on our individual ascension journeys. And we have individual karma, as I said. We have an individual life plan. You operate as an individual. We're not the Borg from Star Trek, okay? We don't all speak at the same time with some creepy voice. No. There's a, we can see, you know, you're here, I'm here, yet we're also one. So it is a paradox, like so many things. The law that everything matters, everything is significant, and everything has an effect. And again, this is the idea of the field. The field, the field of consciousness, the field of consciousness on the planet. Everything is connected through the field. And whenever you give more love, more positivity, more blessings, more intention of healing, and this goes into the law of intention, right? The law of intention, meaning whatever we intend, the intention is the important part. The intention is the most important part. So what are you intending for the world? If you're intending for the world to heal and for yourself to heal, you're already way above a, a lot of people on this planet, right? Because there's a lot of people who have the opposite, right, intention. But whatever you intend will then likely manifest much easier than if you don't intend it, right? Well, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. When you're wanting to be a conscious co-creator, because things are going to happen that are based on your life plan that you didn't consciously intend. So let me, let me clarify that. However, when you want to create something consciously, make sure your intention is very clear. Very clear intention and have a very clear intention as to why you want something too. Why do I want a million dollars? Most people will, will not know. They'll think, oh, I want to spend money on this and this and this. Why? Why do you want to spend money on that? Right. And if you keep asking that question, why? You would ultimately get down to, well, because I want to feel safe. I want to feel at peace and I want to be happy. So, and that's okay. It may seem selfish in one sense, but if you can be happy, that is sending that energy out to the rest of the field and thus you're serving. So that's why it's okay for us as light workers to earn money and to earn as much money as we want and to have nice things. We're sending that vibration of safety and peace and joy and and, and manifestation out into the collective field so other people will be able to do that more easily, right? Everything has an effect. So that's why it's a great idea to, you know, when you wake up each morning, set a morning intention. You know, set intentions throughout the day. Keep yourself on track with intentions. Be lesson of proper use of the mind. Proper use of the mind. The mind is a vehicle. It is a tool. It is the way that we experience all of this. We experience the hologram that is Earth, the game of Earth, through the mind, yet the mind can also be our worst enemy if not used correctly. And for most of us, the big thing we're working on now is the mind, working on harnessing the power of the mind in a positive way. The mind has the ability to heal the body completely. The mind has the ability to manifest whatever you desire as long as your intention is clear. How do you make your intention through the mind? So learning to be one with the mind. And that also goes into the law of the present moment, is that the more we become aligned with the present moment and heal our relationship with past and future, that gives us the seat of power, and that gives us proper use of the mind. Because for most people, 
your mind is constantly consumed by the past or the future or both. For most people, it's both, right? And when you're constantly consumed by that, you do not have enough energy to consciously manifest in a very efficient way. The law of free will. We truly have mastered this when all of our actions and words come from love out of choice, okay? So one of the laws of this planet is that we are free will beings. We have the free will to do whatever the heck we want. We can be violent, you know, um, people that hurt other people, or we can be loving people that heal other people. And for all of us on this journey, like you and I, who have been, who right now are desiring the latter to heal ourselves and others, believe me, somewhere in our past soul's history, in a past life, we've been violent and hurt others. And some of us come from a point of hurting, you know, someone early in our life before we woke up, right? Or being hurt very, very badly. A lot, most of us have been hurt by others, and that becomes part of the impetus to, you know, give us that motivation to use this law of free will to master that choice of acting and thinking and speaking with love. So we've mastered the law of free will when it no longer becomes something you even have to think about, you know, how do I act here? Do I respond with violence or with venom or with, you know, jealousy or with, you know, verbally attacking, or do I respond with something loving? And, And that can include loving boundaries. That can include just declaring your boundaries and scooting yourself out of the situation, right? And that could be a whole nother show about boundaries. The law of service to others over service to self. Service to others over service to self. Now, this can be really misconstrued in many ways because being selfless doesn't mean the self ceases to exist. Being selfless doesn't mean the personality that you that is you in a certain sense ceases to exist. What it does mean is that you, you're enhancing that personality. You're enhancing that personal self because you are becoming more into alignment with the highest vibration of the fifth dimension, which is service. The highest vibration above, above ecstasy and celebration for the fifth dimension is service, service to the all. And the closest way to get to that is service to others. And it doesn't mean we neglect ourselves because, as I said, we can be serving others also by creating a life that we like and being happy. That is serving others because everything is connected through the field, through the law of connection or whatever I called it, right? So when we serve others, we are getting very close to that ultimate vibration of 5D. And I want to relate this to one of my favorite movies. One of my favorite movies, Groundhog Day, with Bill Murray. Like a 30-year-old movie now. If you haven't seen it, please watch it, especially after I, I, I give you the little synopsis here. Bill Murray, he's uh, this uh, TV reporter, weatherman in Pittsburgh. He's miserable. He's very egoic, right? All about himself. He meets this producer, Rita, and at first, he's just being very sarcastic and making sure she does his bidding, takes care of him like he's some big celebrity, right? Groundhog Day in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, right? Which here in the U.S., if if you're listening to this internationally, it's just this goofy thing that we do where there's a groundhog that they keep as a pet in this little town outside of Pittsburgh, and uh, if the groundhog sees a shadow, it's uh, six more weeks to winter. If the groundhog doesn't see a shadow, then it's an early spring. Right? It's, it's an old thing, and it's fun. February 2nd every year, right, which happens right on, on Imbolc, right, which is the 
the, the, mid, the midpoint between uh, the start of winter and the start of spring, right? He finds out there, so he gets stuck in this, um, rep, this repetitive day. He hates Punxsutawney. He hates Groundhog Day. And, of course, whatever it is that he's trying to push away will stay. And this movie is such a, is just such a, a spiritual lesson to this movie, and I'm going to explain. So he gets stuck in the same day where every morning he wakes up at 6 a.m. hearing the same song on the radio in the same bed and breakfast, right? And it's Groundhog Day every day, and no one remembers him. It's like a new day, but he remembers everything, right? And he gets stuck in the day. So at first, when he finds out that he's stuck in the day, there's no consequences at all. And he has complete free will to do whatever the hell he wants for the first time because there's nothing to fear. If he gets arrested, he wakes up the next morning, right? He even finds out later if he commits suicide, he still wakes up the next morning. There's no consequences at all. So at first, he uses this, this newfound free will that he has, to take advantage completely of service to self, okay? He courts a woman. He, he manipulates this woman by asking her one day, you know, about who her English teacher was. And the next day, she ain't going to remember because, you know, it's a new day for everyone else but him. And then, of course, he gets her on a date because he's a, some big celebrity. And, you know, they have sex. And he tells her he loves her. And it's just for sex, right? It's just for, for his own service to self. Uh, he drives drunk on the train tracks and gets the cops to follow him and gets locked up. He steals money because he knows exactly where they're going to, you know, uh, look the other direction. And he takes a bag of money. So at first, it's all about service to self. And then he, the Rita, this producer, becomes the object of his affection. And he wants to possess her. He wants to own her because he believes that that will make him happy. Because he's miserable himself. He's not happy. He feels stuck. And he, he says, if I can own her, if I can have sex with her, if I can possess her, then I will be happy. He almost gets to that point of manipulating her through watching her, observing her, and taking notes, and asking her, because, you know, she doesn't remember it day after day. And he almost gets her, and then she realizes that something was weird about it. And she says, you know what your problem is? You only care about yourself, right? And he says, only care about myself. I don't even like myself, right? So after that, he tries a few more times. He fails. He feels stuck because he can't get what he wants. He can't be happy. So then he, it leads him to suicide because he realizes he's trying to figure out happiness through only service to self, and it doesn't work. It does not work. It leads him to suicide. He steals the groundhog. He drives off a cliff, right? He, he dies, and yet he wakes up the next morning because he's still stuck. So that didn't work. He realized even suicide isn't the way out, which is also true because if someone commits suicide, it doesn't solve their issue at all because life doesn't end. It just transforms. And then they're either stuck here as a ghost on the planet or they're in the afterlife. And then it, when they come back, they still have to work on the same exact lessons. So even suicide is not a way out. And this is true for all of us. One morning, he decides to tell Rita he's a god. She becomes, because he knows everything about the people in the cafe, she becomes really interested in him, spends the night with him, and, and he doesn't try to have sex with her. He just is laying with her. And while she's asleep, he says, I think you're the kindest, sweetest person I've ever met. I've never seen anyone that's nicer to you, to, nicer than you to everyone. I don't deserve someone like you. But if I ever could, I swear I'd love you for the rest of my life. And that is a spiritual awakening. And the next morning, 
he goes and all he, he does is just try to help people however he can. She, he tries to save a homeless man's life and, and he can't, which is another lesson there because, you know, it's mean, whatever is meant to happen in, it's in the homeless man's life plan to die on Groundhog Day. He can't change that, right? But it feels good to him to try. And he does whatever he can to help the people of the town. And he learns all these skills. He becomes a renaissance man. He becomes truly happy without Rita. For the first time in his life, he's finally happy. And Rita finds herself naturally drawn to him on one of these days. They sleep together. They don't even have sex. They just spend the night together, right? And then he wakes up out of the dream and into February 3rd. And he says, let's live here, right? And, and it's exactly how life is. This is the law of service to others over service to self. When we can never find happiness through service to self, we can only find this ascension and the spiritual awakening through service to others. And everyone has a specific service mission in their life plan. And it's one of my specialties as a psychic and a, a healer and intuitive to help people find what that service mission is. And it's, it's different for everyone. And it can be as simple as, as you know, cleaning up a, a beach, cleaning up beaches. It can be as big as, like, you know, you have some future as this big writer or speaker or whatever. But it, it's different for everyone. But even in your day-to-day life, just the more you can be of service to others, thinking about others, that's what gets us out of our own dream of unhappiness. How can I help here? How can I be of service here? And sometimes it just means being a vibrational service meaning I'm going to wish blessings to these people. I'm going to smile, right? I'm going to, I'm going to be happy so that others see that and they can be a little bit happier because everything has an effect. Everything has consequences. We're all connected through the field. Um, comment? Mm, thank you for that. No, I do agree. That is wonderful. Thank you. Um, okay, I'll, I'll keep going. Uh, law of acceptance. Law of acceptance of that which you cannot change, okay? A.K.A. your genetics. Your genetics you cannot change, okay? This puts you into the driver's seat of being a co-creator, all right? So when you accept that which you cannot change, okay? Uh, law that love heals all, as we said, moving from fear to love in all ways. All things are impermanent. All creations are temporary. All creations are temporary. Even your physical body is temporary. You are eternal, but your physical body is not. Just becoming okay with that is one of the biggest lessons of life. The law that everyone is living in their own dream. No one can truly understand you. Nobody. Because everyone is living in their, their own dream, their own life plan, their own perceptions based on how they grew up. No one can understand you. Okay? They can do their best. You can never truly understand anyone else. You can do your best. You can try, and it's your best guesswork. But on a much higher level, no one can truly understand each other. So that's why we don't make assumptions. And that's one of the four agreements from Don Miguel Ruiz. Don't make assumptions. We can never know what's going on in someone else's dream. And this is really relevant, especially now if you're listening live or, or you know, the next week or so, because we're in Mercury retrograde. And Mercury retrograde is when disagreements, and issues happen on the physical plane because people are uh, naturally going to have communication issues, okay? So when we don't make assumptions and we ask for clarification, what did you mean by that? You know, maybe it wasn't a slight. Maybe you weren't meaning to slight me, you know? What did you mean by that? Let me understand. 
okay? Rather than jumping to, what the heck, what are you saying about me, right? Okay? So never make assumptions, okay? Um, The law of faith. At some point in your journey, there will be a test that requires a leap of faith. And there will likely be multiple tests of faith. The law of faith, okay? Um, and it doesn't matter what your faith is in. Your rela- everyone's relationship with God or creator or source is also a big lesson in this life. And there's no right answer per se, but everyone eventually ends up in kind of the same place. It's just how they get there will be totally different. But the place being that, yes, there is a higher uh, construction to all of this, right? Yet, I am also a co-creator. I am both God and separate from God. I am that I am, and yet I'm on an individual journey navigating that which the I am created, okay? So the law of faith being that there will always be, regardless of how awake or asleep you are, at least one situation, usually one big situation, where taking a leap of faith will really help you to pass a lesson. The law of growth, your natural, tra- your natural trajectory as a soul is continued growth and development, though you can use your free will to slow down the process as you wish. You may slow down the process as you wish, yet you cannot terminate the process, just like suicide does not terminate the process of growth. It only delays it right? The law of no mistakes. You cannot possibly make a mistake on your journey. There are only different roads to the same destination. The law of the collective. Ultimately, all is done for the collective. This is the ultimate goal of ascension. The ultimate goal of ascension is a collective ascension of the planet, which is, as I said, the spiritual game of light versus dark that's being played out on this planet. And the destiny is for the light to win. We're seeing that happen, albeit very slowly. And it will be a long process. It will be somewhat of a treacherous process, but it will happen. How to figure out your individual lessons. Patterns in life that repeat. What are your biggest frustrations? What irks you the most? What are your biggest issues? What seems to repeat itself? What types of relationship patterns tend to repeat themselves? Right? So these, this is where you can identify your specific soul lessons. Now, here's the fun part. I'm going to tie everything together with this statement. We to our life plan. They have to do with our karma. And I talked about all the different types of karma. So they have to do with the amalgamation of all that karma. However, they're trying to get us to learn the same lessons as everyone else. So whatever your specific lessons are, it's trying to get you to learn every lesson I just went through. Isn't that amazing? So however your life is set up, whatever your life plan is, it's trying to get you to learn the same lessons. So if you can, if you can master all the lessons, and, and I disclaimer, I'm not there. I mean, I, I'm downloading this information from above, but I'm not there. It's going to help me to do it, though. I can have this resource, right? I wrote this guide, right? So, but we're all working on it, okay? But that that's the game of life. That's the game of ascension because we're at this point. You know, in other lifetimes before this, you weren't listening. You weren't sitting here listening to someone speak like this. You weren't even really thinking about these questions until 
probably until your deathbed, or maybe if you went to Sunday church, you know, in another lifetime or, or to the, you know, to the mosque or whatever in another lifetime, right? But in this lifetime, we are, you know, we're on this conscious journey now, this conscious ascension path. And yeah, we are listening to material like this, and it is helping us to figure this out, you know? I mean, it's good to have this sort of help for myself and everyone else on this network to navigate this journey, right? How to ascend. How to ascend. Uh, there's three simultaneous ascension processes going on, at least um, that I can see. One is everything I already described, lessons and balancing your karma. The second one is the physical ascension. The physical ascension. The physical ascension is going to happen on its own. However, it's up to you to, uh, it's up to you how fast that happens. It's not up to you. Your genetics are not up to you. Your epigenetics are up to you. Your genetic line that you incarnated into was up to your soul, and your soul wanted that exact genetic line. Because, partially because of whatever health issues that may be uh, inherent in it. And genetics have, have a huge role in health. I truly believe that. However, epigenetics, that's the expression of the genes. That is up to you. That's up to your environment. That's up to the type of food that you take in. That's up to your emotions and, and your, the thoughts you live. That's up to how much affection you get. And that's up to your relationships and how much meditation you do and your breathing patterns and all that. Geopathic stress lines under your house, you know, emotional, toxic emotional energy, uh, entities, spirits, all this has to do with your epigenetics. So the more that you consciously keep cleansing, cleansing physically, getting healthier physically through whatever means you can, and there's a bazillion different therapies out there, right? And, and that helps you to cultivate the process of physical ascension, which is going to happen no matter what. The transition from being a third-dimensional carbon-based being to a fifth-dimensional crystalline-based being. That's going to happen, but you can, you can help it happen by detoxing on all levels. Okay. And the other, the other aspect of ascension is your service mission. Okay. Show your work. How do you show your work? How do you show what you learned? You have to write a thesis and it may be a literal book or it may just be your service work. And it, it could be, as I said, cleaning up beaches or it could be becoming like a, a national bestseller. It's different for everyone. It's different for everyone. It could be being, being an amazing father. That's how you show your work, you know, or mother, raising conscious children, right? It could be, you know, having a permaculture farm. It, there's a million different possibilities, but there's something that's written into your life plan that your soul says, okay, well, this is how he, he or she is going to be showing their work. I, this is what I'm doing now with this show. I'm showing my work, and I'm not done. I'm just getting started. But this is, you know, through my, my website and, and my writings and my future books and my talks and YouTube and all that stuff and my, my you know, private sessions, like this is how I'm showing my work. So what is yours? What, how do you show your work, right? And I can help you figure that out, you know, if, if you do one of the uh, special offers that we'll talk about later. But regardless, you know, what, how do you show your work? How are you going to show your work, okay? Every single person is on the essential path. It's somewhere in their, their future that there is that thesis that needs to be written. And the thesis is a metaphor. It's a metaphor for how are you showing what you've learned here in order to help the collective. Because that's when we're, 
this is where I'm going to explain this last part, how we win the Ascension game on Earth. It's an individual Ascension, which I talked about everything I just talked about, all the rules, laws of Earth, and the laws of this game, right? It's also a twin flame Ascension. It's also a twin flame Ascension, all right? Uh, the twin flame Ascension is different, and it, not every soul may choose that. But many souls will choose a twin flame Ascension, meaning that there is a partnership, a romantic partnership that needs to take place where the two people begin when they come together, they're, they're, they create a collective field between them that is also on its own ascension journey, and they begin to ascend as a couple. And there's so many uh, amazing twin flame healer couples out there. You know, uh, like I think of uh, Sananda and Shakina, and I think I think they've been on the show a couple of years ago, right? Or at least Sananda, uh, mm, yes. when he was called that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, body right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, oh my God, are they at a high level? Like, whoa, you know. Um, so that's when, when I think of twin flame ascensions, right? Family ascensions, you know, then ascending as a family, right? And a lot of people have, are, have kids that are growing up and this won't be a big, this won't be a part of your journey because the other people in your life, their souls will need to perhaps reincarnate before they're ready or they may not be ready for a while. But for some, a family ascension, meaning the twin flame couple has children and they ascend together, right? And this may apply more to some of the, the younger generation on this call, people you know, but not necessarily. There, there's a million possibilities here. Group ascensions, okay? And this will be, you know, what I see happening uh, over the next 20 years is a lot of conscious communities popping up, especially in the U.S., but I think all, in Europe, but I think all around the world. Uh, and there's already these communities all over the place, but I think they get bigger and bigger, like these permaculture conscious communities, right? And people begin to kind of ascend as these communities, right? This may, I, I believe this will be more um, widespread in the 2040s. So what I believe is the 2020s is when so many twin flame couples are coming together. The 2030s is when those uh, couples are, you know, creating their families. And the 2040s is when the gr- big group ascensions. And and this is not for everyone. I'm just saying for perhaps a, a, a bulk, you know, we're talking about millions, millions of people. Okay, I think that's when, that's how we see that progress. And then the planetary ascension. Because ultimately, of course, we are all one field and we are all, we are all merging into one collective conscious. We are collective conscious and we're all, we're all connected. However, the more that we ascend individually as twin planes, as family and groups, then we begin to more consciously, that's the difference, consciously ascend as an entire planet where everyone's on board. And we're starting to see that now. I mean, so many people now are, are conscious of environmental issues, right? And that's a part of it. That's a part of that that oncoming planetary ascension consciousness that's very conscious, like, like intentional rather than just some people in the, in the collective. So that's kind of the ultimate. And then that's when, you know, we are living as one fifth dimensional collective and we don't, we don't merge into like one being we do in one sense, but in a more physical sense, what happens is we live as individuals on the ascended earth yet we know that we'll feel everything that happens. So there's it, the law of free will has been mastered because all we want to do is speak and act with love. And we become more of like a Pleiadian society on the planet, right, where everyone has enough, everyone supports each other, and everyone's very happy, you know, and it's all about creating out of love and being of service to other planets perhaps, right, even. So that's my vision for the future, and that's how – so. The, the service mission, just to relate it back to the individual ascension, 
the service mission is getting you closer to that collective ascension because you're being of service to others and you're helping the planet to come into communion with oneself, meaning not the physical rocks of the planet, but the human being, the human being uh, collective conscious on the planet. We cannot skip our individual ascensions and only try to fix the world. Let me repeat that. We cannot skip our individual ascension process and only try to, to fix the world. It doesn't work because we have to navigate both the individual and the collective process. So if, if, if you've been trying to wait for the world to fix itself, if you've been trying to wait for the, the Pleiadians to come and fix this, it's not going to happen because we have to do our individual work because it's all related. It's all connected. So that's what I've got for my presentation. Um, I do have a, a group activation, if we've got time for that. Oh, um, yes. I didn't even look course. at my phones. Yeah. Oh, oh we're doing good on oh, You are just um, <laughs> really amazing, and there's comments coming in that you, you have helped many people on their spiritual path as the spiritual teacher that you are. It's great, Matthew. Oh, thank Beautiful. you. Thank you. I love hearing that. Yeah, so okay, this so, is something um, that we can do for the collective. I know many people want to help with that. Yeah, yeah. So what we're going to do, um, if you've listened to, to me on this show before, um, I, I've done something like this where basically all I want you to do is to close your eyes, get relaxed. I'm just going to speak some words. And I think it's really helpful to repeat the words out loud um, or you can just listen to the words. And then we're going to do some visualizing together to see what type of positive energetic change we can make just during this call on the entire collective of humanity. Okay? So as you just close your eyes and take a nice deep breath. And taking another nice deep breath. And taking yet another nice, slower, deep breath. I acknowledge that I am that I am, and also I am a soul. I acknowledge that I am on a spiritual journey for my soul. I acknowledge that I am also on a personal spiritual journey. I acknowledge that everything I do for myself, I do for my soul. I acknowledge that everything I do for myself I do for my genetic line, both past and future. I acknowledge that everything I do for myself, I do for my oversoul. I acknowledge that everything I do for myself, I do for my monad. I acknowledge that everything I do for myself, 
I do for the collective consciousness of the human race on earth. I acknowledge that everything I do for myself, I do for the earth. I acknowledge that everything I do for myself, I do for the Milky Way galaxy. I acknowledge that everything I do for myself, I do for God, or feel free to replace this with source, Godhead, multiverse, creator, all that is, or source of all. Everything I do for myself, I do for fill in the blank with your term. I acknowledge that the earth is a spiritual game. I acknowledge that all of creation is a game. I know I acknowledge that all is created from love. Thus I now remind myself of my eternal nature. Thus I now remind myself of my soul's service mission. Thus I remind myself of the ascension mission on earth. Thus I rededicate myself to passing my lessons and ascending in service to all. And so I remember. And so I am. And what I'd like everyone to do is to, if you want to participate, and if you don't, that's okay, but if you do want to participate, what I want everyone to do is to imagine the planet, right, as a globe, okay, as a sphere. And I want you to imagine all the light workers all around the planet, all the people who have already woken up. I want you to imagine one big grid connecting all of us in every single country of the world, every single corner of the planet <laughs> are the awakened light workers and starseeds. And now I want you to imagine that we're connecting in with the Pleiadians. Just imagine like them up above the planet. And we're connecting with the Syrians up above the planet. And the Arcturians up above the planet. The Blue Avians up above the planet. We're connecting in with the Lyrans, the, the Lyran beings of light. Only the Lyran beings of light. Connecting in with the Andromedan beings of light. Connecting in with the Ascendant Master realm that oversee the planet. Imagining them. All of this assistance that's in this point coming in now. We're just acknowledging this and being grateful for all of this assistance. We are so blessed to have this constant assistance from the higher councils and from the archangels, from the Pleiadians and the Syrians, the Arcturians, all the galactic beings of light. As we now imagine the world waking up in droves, like the 100th monkey syndrome, like a positive virus spreading across the planet, now the entire planet becomes lit up all over the planetary grid, lit up with awakening people, starseeds awakening on this planet, other, you know, even new souls on the planet awakening, awakening, everyone awakening. 
until the entire planet is covered in light. Entire planet is covered in covered in light. Any artificial frequencies around the planet are now disabled. They're, they've melted away, and we see a planet where everyone has enough. The oceans have been cleaned, and the air is clean. The food is wonderful. All this organically grown fruits and veggies, whatever anyone else needs for nutrition. Everyone has enough. There's no more disease. Everyone in beautiful, vibrant health. Lots of play and music and celebrations. Interaction with different spaceships always landing on the planet and light workers getting to travel into space and going to other planets to be of service. Picturing this ascended Earth here. Now imagine yourself as the ascendant being you want to be. And whatever, you may not know, but just see what comes to mind or what you can imagine. Just being this ascended being, wonderful health, happy all the time, doing some sort of service work to help the collective. In touch with nature in some way. Nourishing, nourishing food, nourishing breath, meditation and crystals and whatever that looks like for you. Now let's send the cleansing violet light to cover the entire planet. And may all toxins, chemicals, and nuclear waste on this planet, radiation, be transmuted into light. Just imagine the planet covered in violet light now. All around every corner covered in violet light. Now let's imagine, let's hold that for a moment, build that frequency. And good, now let's spread beautiful golden light to cover the entire planet, every corner of the planet. Beautiful golden light. This is the golden light of abundance. So for those of you who want Nezara to be enacted or those of you who just want the financial system to change, this is how we're doing it right now. Golden light. Everyone has enough. You can even watch, see people getting their checks, getting, you know, or, or, or even the currency changing and everyone having enough of this new electronic currency. Whatever you see it as. Just golden light and whatever you see that abundance being. Everyone has enough on the planet. May all beings have enough. May all beings have enough to thrive. May all beings have enough to have clean water and good nutrition. May all beings have enough to be safe. And now let's spread white light around the entire planet to cover.
Well, that is white light. And it knocked Matthew offline. There you are. So we just blew out the frequency because the, the call dropped on my end. So that was pretty good. Yeah, that was really good. The white light yeah. totally dropped the wait. line. Glad you made it back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. So I hope everyone enjoyed that. Um, and yeah, yeah. Thanks, everyone, for participating. Thank you. Yes, the Milky Way Galaxy thanks you. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, okay, yeah. I want to go to a couple questions before we end our program today. Sure, sure, sure. Danielle, she would uh, like it's some only help. Six yeah. Oh, I Eastern feel like time. We went back in time too. We That's did. Weird. We started our program. Like we started our, no, we started no, our know, program earlier. It feels like it, I've been talking for more than 90 minutes. Jeez. Okay. Ah, Good though. It's because you love <laughs> what you do, my friend. Okay. I guess so. <laughs> well, Danielle would like your assistance. She says, sure, I've become so sure. grateful of my life, especially my four kids. But now I have this overwhelming fear of when we die, we will never be together mm -hmm. again as we are right mm -hmm. now. She says, I'm so depressed with that thought. Oh, hmm. okay. Help Danielle. Well, yeah, yeah, Danielle. You know, of course, um, that's true. That's true. You will never be together again, ha as it looks now, and that's the law of impermanence. That's the law of, of nothing is permanent, and it's one of the lessons that you're here to move through, is being okay with that. Being okay with that, all, everything is temporary. However, the truth is, is that in the astral plane, you'll see these people again. Okay. In the astral plane, you see each other all the time. You're there. When someone passes over, you know, um, before the rest of their family members, they are still able to communicate. You know, you can communicate with those who have passed over just by speaking into the air. And yeah. Whoever, whichever one of your family passed over first, you'll be up there watching down and communicating, okay? And on a soul level, your souls know each other so well, and your souls know that this is all impermanent, and this is all a game. So two sides of the, the, two sides of the story. One, it's part of your lesson, one of your lessons, like this for everyone, to be okay with the law of impermanence. The other side is that, of course, you'll always be seeing these people. They'll just be maybe in different forms. You know, your soul form is, is different than your human form, but your soul form is a lot more ascended than your current human form. I'm not saying to pick on you. I'm saying that for everyone. You know, we're really, the, the more ascended we get, the more, the closer we get to, to becoming that higher self, becoming the soul right here on earth. Mm -hmm. So we hope that's helpful, Danielle. Um, you know, when I love what you said there, Matthew, because, you know, when we lose parents or someone close to us, it's amazing the experiences that we have and mediums who channel the energy or the messages 
from those beings. They are so comforting. And so I oh, hope that helps, okay. Danielle. You know, it's, 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 you're such a loving mom of four beautiful kids. Yeah, we can see that. But it's, it's good. You'll, mm-hmm. you'll be, it'll be good. It'll be good. <laughs> on, on, a pra- on a practical sense, uh, uh, Danielle, what I would say for you is um, just like we talked about in the very beginning when Lorraine asked me about fear, the more you can just do whatever rituals that serve you to help you to feel more safe and, and at peace with your nervous system on a regular basis, no matter what is happening, you, you, may, you may come from a place of having traumatic experiences in your past and, you know, it's a bit of PTSD, and, and then the biggest fear becomes the worst possible case happening, like losing a loved one, right? And um, so the the antidote to that is is meditation, like really just breathing meditation, just the simplest rewiring your nervous system. Anything that you can, you know, look into out there, yoga, yoga, tai chi, um, acupuncture, whatever it is that just helps you feel more calm and relaxed, homeopathic, you know, meds, um, you know, herbs that help you feel more relaxed, whatever it is that helps you feel more relaxed and together and present and confident throughout your life as it is now, then that'll start to unravel the fear within. And really, on another level, just as we said before, if you could be willing to, when you do feel safe in meditation, look where that fear is and just allow it to, to be. Dear fear, I feel you, and I welcome you. You are allowed to be. You are divine. Remember the law of everything is divine. So fear is no less divine than love, and that's true. Okay, everything is divine. Everything is allowed to be. Everything wants to be allowed to be. So the fear within you wants you to allow it to be there, and once you allow it to be there, it will probably dissipate and never return if you really do feel it on a deep level, okay? Okay, beautiful. And then, oh, this is another rabbit hole to go down to. But Danielle, even understanding past lives, parallel mm-hmm. lives, yeah. and future lives with your beautiful chillins. <laughs> yeah, something yeah, to explore. And, and, yeah, and, you know, um, for Danielle and everyone else, you know, uh, the, the special offer package I'm, I'm, uh, I'm offering here with a really, you know, severe discount here. Um, <laughs> this would be great for you because there's so much in there about that, that will help you with, uh, coming into just a greater sense of peace and understanding about everything and, and feeling safe and feeling like you know why your, your children are the way they are. You know why your parents are the way you are, right? And, and so the, the, the courses and webinars in the package would be great for that. Or also, you know, in the offer too, uh, you get a reading with me and I can, I can help you know specifically, you know, what the past life karma is with, with people in your life. So you understand them better and you don't mm-hmm. have to worry, you know, so. Yeah. Well, now would be a great time, Matthew, to talk about that sure. special offer. And I really do thank yeah. you for it because it's a bunch of your teachings. You do webinars and these are in-depth sessions where you really unravel this and bring forward spiritual teachings that actually accelerate everyone so your special offer includes an upcoming live mastery 
empowerment course as well. So that one's interesting. So share with us um, pretty quickly. I think um, it's all up yeah. here on our webpage at AcousticHealth.com. Right. But go for it in these few moments. Sure. So so our, um, our, our Mastery Empowerment course coming up on Saturday, March 7th at 2 p.m. Uh, in New York which is 11 a.m. in L.A. or 7 p.m. in London. Uh, it is called How to Move On Completely from Your Ex. The reason that I'm doing this now is because in my own practice uh, with clients, I've just found that over the past year, especially more than any other year, people have been going through breakups, decoupling. And, and it's a part of what the energies that, that are happening in the collective, as I said, with the 2020s being the decade when twin flame couples are meant to come together. And in order for that to happen, a lot of current relationships need to be unraveled first. So I, I just think this is so pertinent now. And, and my, just to give a little history about me, what really precipitated my awakening was a very traumatic breakup that happened. It was like nine or 10 years ago. Now that woke me up. That was my wake up call completely. That's the only reason I'm here today. The only reason I'm here today, not the only reason, but the main reason I'm here today is because of this, this girl who, who broke my heart. And, uh, you know, I'm a Scorpio and it was really, I would say eight to nine years of PTSD from it. I, I'll go that far. Uh, and, and I understand how traumatic relationships are and how traumatic breakups can be for years later. And, and, you know, people might tell you, Oh, just get over it, move on. And I know it's not that easy. But that's why I'm doing this webinar for those of you who are going through that or even for those of you who are in a, a relationship that's kind of iffy right now and it might go that direction and you're not sure, this is going to be perfect for you. It will help you to heal even before it has happened or even if you have a friend or a family member or a sister or brother that you want to support, you know, get this webinar for yourself and then you can teach them, okay? We're talking about what is happening on a soul level when breakups, decouplings occur, what are soul contracts and how to know when a soul contract is complete, okay? Why breakups can be so painful and why you can experience a soul fragmentation. Why so many awakening women go through narcissistic, empathic relationships. And it's not just women, but I'm going to focus, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you why it is mostly women that go through that. How to be completely at peace with what happened. How to attract someone much better than your ex next time. How to attract your true twin flame if you so desire the difference between twin flames, karmic twins, and karmic soulmates, and a lot more. And we'll do a cord cutting together, soul contract uh, reviewing uh, exercise, and a soul retrieval process to energetically end your relationship for good and allow you to move on with freedom, grace, and gratitude. So that is on March 7th. You get that as part of either of the special offer packages. You also get uh, my Mastery Empowerment Course Spiritual Hygiene Cord Cutting Grounding 101, okay? which is uh, all about how to clear yourself and protect yourself from negative entities, curses, black magic, archons, uh, watchers, hoppers, demons, all sorts of stuff, why we pick them up, how to clear yourself, how to shield yourself, how to know whether you are someone who's meant to be a helper of entities or not, uh, how to raise your vibration, does raising your vibration attract more darkness or not, how to know if you're grounded or ungrounded, how to get grounded, and how to cleanse and protect your home or office from negative energies and much more. You also get the Awakening the Divine Masculine Mastery Empowerment Course, okay, which is intended for all genders, okay, and it's because we all carry that Divine Masculine, Divine Feminine, also the Shadow Masculine and Shadow Feminine within. So it's all about practical exercise for living a more structured and efficient life, how to transmute the Shadow Masculine, how to properly use the Law of Attraction, how to become more efficient and productive in your life, and how to integrate logic and intuition. 
you get the Creating the 5D You Mastery Empowerment course, which is a both a teaching but also a hands-on course to help you to identify your blockages, clear your blockages, rewrite your subconscious mind uh, to implement beliefs that will carry you forward and to, how, to create a, a new energetic container that will make that will help carry you forward dramatically in your life to to help you change in a very very short period of time dissolving the ego uh mastery empowerment course which is a a, a two-hour these are all about 90 minutes to two hours by the way and this is uh this includes uh 12 energetic clearings and activations to dissolve the negative aspects of ego okay you're going to learn uh how much uh of how, how so many things that are taught out in the spiritual community about ego are totally wrong what is the spiritual ego, how to avoid it, how life breaks down the ego, Ego. how to open your heart to life, how to experience greater harmony in your relationships, okay, and how to become more aligned with the present moment. And then we also have the uh, uh, Mastering Your Intuition, Mastery Empowerment course, okay. This is going to teach you how to make decisions, how to make clear and quick decisions using your intuition, okay, how to cleanse and protect yourself, how to identify your specific intuitive cues, how to open yourself up to being psychic, how to uh, use different tools, okay, and also about discernment. How do you know if you're getting something that's true or not from a psychic? Putting the past in the past, okay, uh, ending, which is all about ending the illusion of regret, understanding there's no mistake, clearing out any past hurts, okay, understanding everything that happened in your past, and it's got a whole bunch of clearings and activations on that uh, course. Navigate the dark night of soul. If you feel like you're going through a dark night right now, okay, if you feel like you're going through a period of confusion, you don't know what's next, this is for you. Or even if you've been through one, and, and let me tell you, we've all been through them. I've been through three. We've all been through multi, usually multiple dark nights, and there may be even more coming, even if you think you've gone through all of them, all right? They're written into the life plan. This is all about how to navigate it and move out much quicker than you have to, okay? Uh, deeper level of forgiveness, which is all about healing those most troubling relationships and especially regrets and things that people did to you, you know, when you were victimized, you know, instances of PTSD, emotional PTSD, where you haven't been able to move on yet into that place of forgiveness. This is intended to get you there. You also get a guided meditation to meet your spirit guides and activate your psychic gifts. And you get another healing transmission called I love you regardless. This is all only $111, which is 64% off retail price. And also there is a special offer package too, which includes all that plus a private 45-minute soul plan reading with me. There's a special reading only for Quantum Conversations listeners. You can't find any of this uh, anywhere else, okay? Um, and I'm going to connect in with your spirit guides, read your life plan, channel details about your soul lessons and relationships. Uh, why did your soul plan certain events for you? What are you meant to learn, right? What happened in a past life between yourself and another person? And what is the karma there? What type of light worker are you? Uh, what individual karma you might have? I'm going to see, receive specific visions and information about your future, okay? Give you some direct guidance that will really help you move forward. And also we'll talk about your service work, like I talked about. You're writing your thesis, so to speak, right? Um, and I can only make time in my schedule for 20 of the package twos, the special offer twos. So if you're thinking about it, then jump on as soon as you can because we're only going to be able to sell 20 of them just so I can fit them into my schedule. Um, that's only 155 And, again, it's 64% off retail price. And you, it's only I'm only offering it here for AcousticHealth.com, nowhere else. So 
uh, get in on mm-hmm. that before those all sell out. I think last time we pretty much sold sold them out. I think right. So um, mm-hmm. you know, let's let's. I think we might do that again this time, right? So <laughs> get in if you're thinking about it. Wow, a beautiful package from Matthew John with that personal session and all of those teachings. That's a great value and very beneficial for those who want to step in and understand themselves so much better with a facilitator like Matthew John who can see in that way. Very helpful. Thank you, Matthew John. The special offer is available at AcousticHealth.com. Click on Marketplace. Special offers, QC special offers, and you'll see that available. Very, very good. Thank you so much for this magical oh, time today yes, and so welcome. The, the beautiful words and the alignment to our higher self and our connection. It is truly rewarding and empowering. As we say goodbye, I just like would uh, would like to leave it with you to say a message that feels right. Yeah, yeah. So what I would say is just that whatever you take from this, if you're going to take, and I hope you take a lot of, a lot of things from today, because this was really a, a course. This was like you know going, going to Earth School, and we're all in Earth School anyways. But this is kind of, this can be a bit of a cheat sheet for you. So I'd recommend you know even listening again and taking some notes for for those of you who want to really uh, absorb this information. But if you're going to take, you know, one message from all of this, I would just remember that everything matters. You matter. Everything you do, say, and think does matter. And you have the opportunity in every single second of your day to be contributing to the ascension or not. And so let's choose more and more to be contributing to the ascension more often than not by simply loving ourselves being okay with ourselves, being nice to ourselves, and also being nice to others, loving others, being forgiving when it's not infringing on our boundaries, okay? Um, Helping others, being of service like Bill Murray and Groundhog Day when we can and when we feel called to, and allowing ourselves to rest and rejuvenate and to laugh and not take things so seriously if life is a game, and to be joyful because the... The foundation of the foundation of the fifth dimensional earth is service, but it's also joy. It needs to be service through joy, not service through obligation. And that's what Bill Murray did in Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. He, he his service became out of joy. He found he found a, a much greater joy in being of service to others than of being service to self. So, uh, and go watch that movie, by the way. Go watch it again mm-hmm. after hearing this, <laughs> and, and you'll see all the connections and how mm-hmm. it, it's it's maybe the most spiritual movie ever made. And and it's a comedy, too, but it's fantastic, right? So, yeah, I just want to leave everyone with that. Beautiful. Thank you so much. A beautiful reminder. Yes, it's always great to have you here. Matthew, John, thank you, thank you, thank you for this enlightening and empowering conversation. Thank you. Namaste. All right. Beautiful. Again, the special offer for Matthew John is here for you and it is open now and available. Thank you so much. So it is time now to dance our way to the cosmic heart. Enjoy.
thank you for listening to this quantum conversation and thank you for dancing with us to the cosmic heart as we raise our own vibration we raise the vibration of the planet this show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love access all quantum conversations special offers from our guests and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe, music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste. The conference is now completed. Goodbye.